Today at Kayla's Church, we're discussing how to start reading the Bible. Ooh, I need to start doing that. Yes, you do, Pastor. Welcome to Kalos Church. My name is Pradeep Jiva, And I'm Amrita. Kalos means beautiful in Greek. And our prayer is that you would experience the beauty of Jesus mm. today. Right now, we have people meeting online and in house gatherings all over. If you'd like to join our community, hey, please hit like and subscribe. Follow us on social media or click this link so you can find out how you can join our in person watch party starting next week at the Hilton Garden Inn. Amen. Well, we're so thankful that you're joining us today. Mm -hmm. And we want to take a moment in this segment of our service to acknowledge the atrocities that took place in our nation this past week. Mm -hmm. As many of you know, we experienced an insurrection yeah. where rioters stormed the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. in attempts to deter the process of transition of power of presidency. This has impacted our country so greatly. For many of us, it has caused more fear. It has caused more anxiety. It has caused even more isolation mm. and questions about the church, questions yeah. about who God really is. All the while, we're still in a pandemic. Mm -hmm. What I want you to know, Kalos Church, is that as pastors, we recognize the toll that all of this is taking on you. Our hearts are heavy today with you. Amen. It truly was a dark day in American history. And to make things clear, we want to say we condemn the violence and illegal entry into the Capitol and the association of Jesus in this whole yeah. process with interfering with the election process. Mm -hmm. As peacemakers, we advocate for the peaceful transfer of power. Yeah. And I love this quote that one of my mentors wrote. Jesus's relationship to power was the exact opposite of what we witnessed yesterday. He came into this world vulnerable and humble. He spent his ministry resisting constant pressure to lead a political revolt. At the cross, he laid his life down. The impulse to fight for political power betrays the core values of his kingdom. And to try to put his name on it does unspeakable harm to the mission of the church. Mm. And so church, we, we need to pray. Yeah. We need to pray for our nation against the polarization we're all dealing with, the anger that's building in our hearts. And yeah. as Christians, we must resist the urge to dehumanize anybody. We are known as disciples by our love for one another and our enemies. So let's pray this prayer all together. We're going to put the words on the screen right now. Living God, deliver us from a world without justice and a future without mercy. In your mercy, establish justice. And in your justice, remember the mercy revealed to us in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen and amen. Amen. Well, we're going to transition now. Pastor Pradeepan is going to bring a great message and continue our series on Christian disciplines. Well, I'm so excited I get to continue our series on Christian disciplines. No, not, not like that kind of discipline. All right, put, put that away. Thank you. I know some of us, when we hear the word discipline, we're already cringing, but please just try replacing the word discipline with self-care like we talked about last week. If it scares you, Taking a day off every week is a spiritual discipline. It's called the Sabbath, but it's yeah. not a burden. It's something that helps us stay rested and healthy. So it is with reading the Bible, praying and fasting, the things that we're talking about in this series yeah. to help us in our walk with God. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, mm. but gives us power, love, 
and self-discipline. It, it reminds me of this guy I saw on a meme. This is the world's strongest priest. He broke 19 powerlifting records. I like what he says. Dost thou even hoist, beloved? Just, just working out humor. Just something, you know, us strong people talk about. It's awesome. But it reminds me of discipline. And, and today's discipline that we're going to teach on is we want to teach you how to start reading the Bible. Yeah. You know, the Bible is the best-selling book of all time. The Bible can be intimidating to start, however, but I guarantee you it's worth it. Mm -hmm. In a time when people all over are looking for direction and trying to found, find a foundation, an identity, and all sorts of things like memes, news, fads, conspiracy theories, I believe that the Bible serves as a faithful lamp unto our feet mm. to guide us through darkness. Amen. You know, this scripture in 2 Timothy, it really encourages me about my journey in reading the Bible. It says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every work. I love that. And so the Bible is something I've been reading for decades. And to be honest, it still exhilarates me. Mm. But I understand that it is intimidating to start. It's an uncommon book that I believe requires uncommon reading and an uncommon strategy. It's uncommon because the Bible is a book that reads you as you read it. Wow. Yeah. It really is. And, and Hebrews 4 talks about that. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes mm. of the heart. Mm. That's so cool. That's mm -hmm. so cool. Yeah. And so I, I remember a number of years ago as a pastor, I remember talking to a young Christian and he said, hey, I want to start reading the Bible. And so I encouraged him, start with the Gospels and just read about Jesus, learn about the words and the ways of Jesus. It's beautiful. And he said, hey, I, all right, I'll start. So he starts Matthew and then he continues on and he comes to me and he says, hey, I started the first four books of the New Testament like you asked me to. And I loved Matthew. I read it, but I have a question for you. Why does this story keep on repeating another three times? Like mm -hmm. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Like, are you serious? Did they really crucify him four times in a row? <laughs> yeah. He's like, this story has more reboots than Spider-Man. It, it was bad. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, that's actually the same story from four different perspectives. I'm sorry I didn't explain that. And, you know, I, I've talked to other people and they're like, uh, I want to read the Bible, but it's so hard to understand. I feel like I'm reading a bunch of names I can't pronounce. I'm like going through these lists of names and cities and people groups i'm like the hittites the canaanites and the cellulites like what what is this how do i like navigate all this and i i know i i am guilty of the same things this confusion even boredom at times i remember as a brand new christian when i first started reading the bible sometimes I, i'd be so overwhelmed and i, I realized like if there are nights i can't sleep i'm just gonna open up my bible turn to the book of Leviticus. And I know if I read this, I will fall asleep. And I just, oh. I want to publicly repent for that mindset, <laughs> even though I know a lot of you do that. Sinners, just kidding. We're all sinners. Saved by grace. Amen. 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 And so uh, I just want to break this down today, whether you feel intimidated, confused, bored, lost, or distrustful of the Bible, we want you to know that you can have a successful relationship with the Bible. Yeah, that's good. And so how, how do we start? 
Well, today in this message, we're gonna show you exactly that. We're gonna give you several resources to help you. And if you wanna see uh, these resources online, you can go to kalos.church slash Bible resources because I got nine points in this sermon, so I'm gonna be flying. And so go to that website if you miss one of these things. So the first thing I wanna share in your journey of starting to read the Bible is number one, this is crazy, get a Bible. You can get a Bible that's printed. You can have one online. You can find scripture on apps. You can even have audio Bibles. And there are different versions. Sometimes you might be wondering, all right, I've seen like people talk about King James Version or NIV or NLT or NRSV or the message. Like what, what's with all the different kind of Bibles? Which yeah, one is the right good. one? Well, I, I want to give a little understanding. Language has evolved over the years. And so you might have noticed exactly that. Because it's evolved, there are different older style Bibles, there are Bibles in different languages, and there are different versions and what we call translations and also what we call paraphrases of the Bible. And so you are wondering, which one is the best one to read? Well, first and foremost, I want to say the best translation of the Bible to read is the one that you'll actually read. Mm. You know, whatever will get you started on this journey. You know, personally, I started with the new King James Version and the, the King James Version. And it was hard to read. You know, I, I remember reading in Psalm 22, this scripture that kind of just shattered my whole idea of reality. It says, save me from the lion's mouth, for thou hast heard me from the horns of the unicorns. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> there are unicorns? <laughs> Hold on, pastor, I need to talk to you. Yeah. Like, what? And unicorns have more than one horn? What does it mean, the horns of the unicorns? <laughs> I, I thought unicorns could only have one horn. How are their horns? I was like, you know, this is very confusing. And the pastor said, hey, maybe you should get a different uh, translation. Yeah. Maybe try the NLT to see this. And this is what it says in the NLT. Snatch me from the lion's jaw and from the horns of these wild oxen. I was like, oh, man. What happened to the unicorn? There we go. They're like, well, that, that was a word that was used in olden days, but it's not like the mythical rainbow-esque creature you're imagining. Uh, I was like, ah, oh, man, I thought Christianity was going to be so much better and cooler. Well, it, it actually, <laughs> no, it is. It is still very, very cool, but not in the rainbow unicorn yep. kind of way. But anyways, I got nine points. Let's move on. And so, so I, I've learned that it, it's helpful to understand the Bible and use different translations. So I primarily right now, read and preach from the, the NLT, mm -hmm. which stands for the New Living Translation. Mm -hmm. And if I'm, if I'm looking for a fresh perspective on the mm -hmm. scripture, mm -hmm. sometimes I'll pick up a paraphrase, like the message paraphrase, mm -hmm. and that, that really helps me. Or I'll go to, go to websites like Bible Gateway and mm -hmm. Bible Hub to look at different versions of the same verse mm -hmm. and get like a holistic you know, understanding. And it'll show you the Greek, the Hebrew. It'll show you the different translations, and that helps me. So I hope that can be helpful for you. So number two, in your journey of learning how to read the Bible, learn how to navigate the Bible. Mm. Sometimes you might uh, hear someone, hey, hey, turn to this book in this chapter, and you're like, all right, what, what page is that? And then you realize, all right, everybody has different Bibles, or I'm, I'm reading this online, there are no page numbers. How do we get on the same page? And uh, I know it can be kind of confusing because the Bible isn't just one book. It's actually a small library of mm -hmm. 66 books. And so let me show you how to navigate this. To navigate the Bible, we have book titles, we have chapters and verses. So when I say, hey, let's look at uh, John 3.16, I'm saying, let's go to the book of John 
chapter 3, verse 16. Mm -hmm. And so the, the first 39 books of the Bible are called the Old Testament. This was the time before Jesus. The last 27 books are called the New Testament. These showcase the times during and after Jesus's earthly ministry. And navigating the Bible, it takes a while to get used to it, but you can. And whether you have a physical Bible or you type in an online Bible, it's helpful to know your way around between the Old Testament, New Testament, different books of the Bible, the chapters and the verses. In fact, in my youth group days, when I was a, a young teenage lad, we used to do something called sword fights because the, the Bible is referred to as a sword. So someone would say a book, a chapter, and a verse, and we'd all ruffle through our, our Bibles, and whoever got there first won the sword fight. Wow. Oh, what fun yeah. we had. Oh, what fun we had before the internet. Point number three, research the historical context. The Bible was written for an original audience from an author who had a worldview. And it's important for us to understand that the Bible wasn't just written for Americans in the year 2021. Yeah, They're written good. to a specific people group and a yeah. specific culture. And it's important for us to understand that. Mm -hmm. And it helps us understand the bigger picture and the narrative of the Bible when we just don't simply take a verse out of context, but we understand this reality. You know, uh, there are certain churches and people I've seen that they'll, they'll highlight a scripture verse or they'll make it a vision statement or print it out. And there's a specific one in Matthew 4, 9 that I've seen in Sisyphus. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. And this seems like a great like motto. It, it feels inspirational. But when you realize in context, it's the devil that's saying this, mm. you're like, maybe we shouldn't make this the statement for our church. Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't print this out and say, this is our creed in life, the words of the devil. Like, we don't want to worship the devil. And so it's important to understand everything in context and not just like put meaning into the scripture, yeah, that's good. but to pull meaning out of the scripture. Mm -hmm. We don't want to use the Bible as a tool to justify what we already believe. Yeah, we good. want to learn from it and be formed by it. Mm -hmm. And so in order to understand the context of the Bible, we need to understand in this book that is actually a small library, that it's filled with different genres and types of writing. In the scriptures, we see historical narratives, we see letters, poems, gospels, the apocalypse, literature, and wisdom literature. All of those have different writing styles and different ways of interpreting it. And it's important to understand that, especially when you read things like the book of Song of Solomon, you realize very quickly not everything you read is literal in the Bible. For example, in Song of Solomon 7, he says to his lover, he's talking, this is a love book. He says, your navel is a rounded goblet that never lacks blended wine. If that was literal, that'd be so gross. Just never ending wine from the belly. But actually, that sounds kind of good. But then he goes on and he says, your waist is a mound of wheat encircled by lilies. Would you like if I said that to you? <laughs> hey, girl, your belly is like a mound of wheat. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> no? Well, that is not literal. In fact, if you want to see what Song of Solomon's lover would have looked like if we took everything in the scripture literally, she would look like this. And I, I don't think she literally looked like that. I think he was using metaphors and similes and he wasn't being literal and it's important for us to understand the genre in fact we even see in the words of jesus in matthew 18 19 jesus says and if your eye causes you to stumble gouge it out and throw it away i've literally never seen anybody gouge out their own eyes because their eyes cause them to stumble 
but pretty much every guy I've ever met I know has confessed to struggling with lust. So obviously they're not taking this literally, most people. And if someone teaches you that everything in the Bible is literal, show them this verse and see what they do with their eyes. <laughs> and we'll see very quickly what they believe, right? <laughs> Amen. Let's move on from that quickly. Point number four, filter every word through Jesus. As you start your journey in the scriptures, you're going to see some very intense things like there. Like you're going to open the book of Psalms one day and you're going to see a verse that says, happy is the one who kills babies against the rocks. Mm. And you're going to be like, what? Okay, I, I renounce my faith now. This is not okay. Mm. Because you're reading some very violent scriptures in the Old Testament. And so it's important for us to understand that the Bible is a journey of God revealing his heart to us. Mm -hmm. As people discover more about Jesus through the first part of the Bible, the Old Testament, and more about God the Father throughout the Old Testament, they're given different revelations through the prophets and the law. And we have to understand that in the context. But then Jesus comes along in the New Testament, and he gives us more revelation of who God is and what the love of God looks like. In fact, Jesus gives us a perfect representation of who the Father is. Time and time again, Jesus says in the scripture, if you've seen me, Jesus, you've seen the Father. And there's a, a fancy term that understands that we are learning more and more throughout the scriptures and getting a more complete picture of God the Father throughout the scriptures. And that term is called progressive revelation. And it says that we are learning more as we get closer and closer to Jesus. Mm -hmm. In Matthew 5, this is an example of progressive revelation. Jesus says this, you have heard that it was said, eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. So this is an Old Testament understanding. But then Jesus, he progresses on that revelation and he says, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. So he says, hey, you heard this in the past. Well, I'm giving you some new information. Yeah, it's good. I'm giving you a more complete information. So as you encounter these things that are kind of wild or uh, you don't know what to do with them, especially in the Old Testament, we're going to ask that you view everything you read through Jesus-colored lenses. Yeah. Ask yourself this. Does it sound like Jesus? Does it feel like Jesus? And if you have to choose between Jesus and something that doesn't seem like Jesus at all, choose Jesus. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Point number five, expect to meet with God. You know, there's a difference between knowing about someone and knowing someone personally. Mm -hmm. You can study about the scriptures, but not know the source of the scriptures, Jesus Christ. I remember going to a wedding and I, I met uh, Becca Snyder's sister, Rachel, at this wedding. Mm -hmm. And we had never met in person. And the first time we actually encountered each other, she had pictures of my kids on her phone, of <laughs> our kids. Yeah. And I was like, this is really weird. She's like, sorry, I'm not trying to weird you out, but my, my sister keeps on sending me pictures of your kids. I just think they're so cute, and I feel like I know about you and your family, mm. and I'm so glad we can finally meet. So she knew a lot of personal information <laughs> about us but she didn't know us directly mm. until we actually met. And so we want to encourage you, when you read your scripture, read with the intention to meet with God. Yeah, that's good. John, John 1 says this, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus is the word that became flesh. The word is living. 
It's active. It's Jesus. We can have a relationship with Jesus. And so in your time of reading, we encourage you to to, to meet with God. Don't let it just be an intellectual reading. Make it make it personal. In fact, there's this uh, there's this term. It's called lectio divina. It's a style of reading. It's where you take time to read the scriptures. It's time where you meditate and, and really try to see what what is God saying in the scripture, and then you pray. And as you pray, you expect that the presence of God will be with you. And then you take time to contemplate the presence of God. Lord, thank you for being here. What are you speaking? Where are you? What are you doing right now? And then you 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 find out how you can change your your life and and act and apply the principles of the scripture and what God has spoken to you as His presence fills the room. Because the the reality is that that God wants to meet with you. He he loves you. He doesn't just want it to be an intellectual study. He wants to have a personal encounter with you. You're His beloved. Point number six. Document what God is speaking to you. And so since we're having a personal encounter with God, I want you to expect that God is going to speak to you, Mm -hmm. speak to you directly. And please don't ever say God has never spoken to you because he has in the word. The Bible is God speaking to us. Mm -hmm. You know, there's the plain reading of the word. It's called the logos, which is just the plain word. It's as it is. But there are going to be times when you're reading in scripture where something just leaps off this page. And you're like, this was written for everybody, but this was just written for me. Mm. This was a now word. And that that's called a rhema word. Mm. It's when it's like a now, this is for me. This mm. is special. Mm-hmm. I feel the Holy Spirit's presence as I read this. Yeah. And it's important to understand that God is going to speak to you. Yeah. And as he does, please, please document it. You can write it in a journal. You can even write in your physical Bible. It's okay to write in your Bible. And I love this quote. If your Bible is falling apart, you probably aren't. Mm. A worn Bible, a written in Bible, something that's being kind of destroyed. It's okay because it means that you're working through it. And some of us like to be creative in our journaling. Some of us hand letter scriptures. Are you a hand letter? No. No, no, I'm not, I'm not either. But some of us are. Some of us like to make music or spoken word with the scriptures. I mean, there's all sorts of ways to have fun and be creative with the word. Yeah. Amen. Number seven is we want to encourage you to do the word. Mm. We don't want to just be hearers of the word, but doers. So we go into this experience of reading, expecting to be changed. It's a lot easier to study the word than be transformed by it. And I think some of us are bored with Christianity because we're just studying and studying and we need to go deeper and deeper and be more entertained because we aren't applying the basics yet. And so we're, we're like cerebrally, intellectually walking through the word, but we're not going on this life-changing adventure with Jesus. James 1 says this, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently to the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Mm, Amen. amen. What a powerful scripture. Mm -hmm. Number eight, follow a reading plan. You know, as we read the scripture, we need a balanced diet. We don't just want to read the same thing and just have a narrow view. There's a whole lot to read and it helps shape us understanding the bigger picture of the Bible. I I used to do this thing where I would 
I'd play Bible roulette. I'd be like, all right, Lord, uh, what should I do? How should I live my life? And then I would just open the Bible and blindly point at something. Uh And I would say, okay, this is what I'm going to do, or this is what I'm going to read. Have you ever done that? Yeah. Just Bible roulette. Yeah. You know, but uh, sometimes that can backfire you. You know, you're like, Lord, what should I eat today? And then you read Ezekiel 4. Very well, he replied. I allow you cow's dung in place of human excrement. Bake your bread on that. I'm like, oh, Lord, no. <laughs> it's important to have a bigger picture. And, and to have a reading plan, there's some helpful tools that mm-hmm. are called apps, like the Read Scripture app or the mm-hmm. Version app. Again, you can find that in our Bible resources page on our website. Bible in a year plan, a chronological Bible plan. Those things will help you get a more balanced diet yeah, so you're not good. just uh, eating human excrement. We want to save you from that. Amen. And the last point, if you have faith to believe it, point number nine <laughs> in the scripture is this. Read with others. Mm. You know, for most of the Bible's history, most people didn't have their own printed Bibles. Mm. You know, and even if you had your own Bible, a lot of people were illiterate and weren't able to read. Yeah. You know, throughout the, the story of scripture, a lot of it was passed down through oral tradition. And it, it, it shows that a lot of this was meant to be a communal experience, mm-hmm. just like our walk with God. In fact, saying the scriptures out loud, having them be done in a community will help us be faithful and accountable. And it also just brings a, a fresh perspective. I love hearing the word of God read out loud. Romans 10 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's important not to just visually read the Bible, but to to hear it. And it's important not to just read the Bible alone, but read it in a community. This is one of the reasons we are so passionate about Sunday church gatherings, because whether you're finding community in our online chats or you're finding community in our in-person watch parties or house gatherings, it's important that we do this as a community. Mm -hmm. Do it together. Don't live this alone. It's like a book club. It's like the best book club, the church, where we can study and read and experience God in the scriptures together. And so again, the YouVersion Bible app, it has an option where you can share what you're reading with friends. And you can also have streaks going where it keeps track if you read every day. And then you're like, man, I've read 10 days in a row. I don't want to break the streaks. I'll keep the streak going. It helps to have that. And so with the completion of these nine points, on your journey of starting to read the Bible, we just want to encourage you, just start. Start somewhere, even if it's just one verse a day. We believe that the Bible will transform you, and it's Jesus speaking to us Amen. as we read the scriptures. And so we love the Bible because the Bible reads us as we read it. Yeah. It truly is life-changing. Mm. Now, I want to close with this story. I remember when I was uh, about 21, I was first getting into full-time vocational ministry, and I, I got a landscaping job with this this man who was much older than me, and I had heard that he went through a major tragedy in his life. Mm-hmm. He had three daughters, and one of his daughters passed away. She died, and then a little while later, another one of his daughters died. Yeah. So two out of three of his daughters passed away, yeah. like, I just can't imagine watching your own children mm-hmm. die like that. Mm-hmm. And so I, I asked him, I said, how are you like mm-hmm. getting through this? Like, mm-hmm. how, how do you even navigate all yeah. of this? And he, and he looked me in the eye and he says, Pradeepin, you have to have a relationship with the Word. Yeah. 
That's the only foundation that has stood solid for me yeah. in this very, very horrible time. Yeah. And after all these years, that phrase has, has stuck with me. Pradeepin, you need to have a relationship with the word. It's stuck with me, and I, I hope it does with you yeah. too. So I encourage you, start reading the Bible. It's a discipline that I believe yeah. that will be a blessing to you and generations. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you so much for your word. And I pray that you would help us, Lord, to, to read it, to receive what you have to mm -hmm. say to us. Lord, we want to know you. Yeah. We want a relationship yes, with you, Lord. Lord. We want your word to read us. We don't want to just be hearers of the word, but doers of your word. So, Lord, for those of us who have just struggled, have been intimidated, Lord, I pray that you would help us to start this amazing kind of relationship with the word. We pray in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen, amen and amen. amen. Well, thanks for going on this nine-point journey with <laughs> us. And uh, I, I realize that not everybody listening to this has a relationship with Jesus. Not everybody here has surrendered their lives to the Lord. And I want to tell you that's the best decision you could ever make. Yeah. If you want to give your life to the Lord, we want to ask you, would you pray this prayer with mm -hmm. us? It's not a magic spell, but it can art articulate what's going on in our hearts at this moment. So let's pray this all at the same time. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Take control of my life. I turn from my old ways and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Hey, if you pray that prayer, especially for the first time, please text the number on the screen so that we can follow up with you. We say this all the time at Kalos Church. We don't want to just be a friendly church, but a church of friends. And this is a big transition, a big decision. And we want to make sure you're not alone on this journey. Amen. Well, thank you, Pastor Pradeepan, for walking us through <laughs> yeah. nine points. Yeah. That is amazing. And you did. You stayed in time. Yeah. I timed That's him. That's a miracle. Made sure that he stayed in time. That is a miracle. <laughs> Well, we hope that this is so helpful to you. And in fact, we actually, as we go through this Christian Discipline series, we have a couple of resources that we're encouraging the church to read a couple of books by authors that we love, Richard Foster and Dallas Willard. And we want you to know that these can really help you in your journey of incorporating Christian disciplines into yes. your life. Amen. So we're excited for you on your journey. Mm -hmm. Well, as we transition, I want you to know that we're going to worship God today with our giving. Mm -hmm. God has been so good yes. in a pandemic. He is the great provider. I hope that you're experiencing that mm -hmm. as well in your own family. And we have experienced that here at Kayla's Church. And God continues to pour out his blessing on people and people's lives are being changed. When you give to Kalos with your tithes and your offering, you really are giving to life change. Yeah. And I want you to hear this uh, testimony by Carlin Gerstenberger. Yeah. And God has just been touching him through this quarantine. Let's hear from him. What's up, Kalos? My name is Carlin Gerstenberger. feel like I should reintroduce myself for all the Kalos fam I haven't seen in months. Still here, still alive, still wearing long johns to work every day. Hashtag remote life, but hey, we're making it. <laughs> hey, just wanted to drop in and share a little bit about what the Lord's been doing in my life in this season. Um, you know, COVID's been such a crazy time for, for all of us and for so many different reasons. But I think the biggest thing for me has been identity. With so many voices swirling around and so many hot topics to care about too, right? I found myself asking questions like, who am I? 
what am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to do, right? Um, what's my purpose? What am I not supposed to do? Um, all of these things have proven to be a, a challenge. And I think the, the sweet thing and the, the powerful thing about what the Lord's been doing in my life is he has not been showing me who I'm supposed to be. He's been showing me who Jesus is. Um, and Jesus has been revealing himself and his nature in my life through the Bible, through personal prayer time, as well as through home groups and house gatherings. Um, and man, it's, it's really, really powerful because it gives me a grounding and something foundational to stand on, right? To know who I am, because uh, we're found in Jesus, right? And also moving forward to be an imitator of Christ, as Ephesians 5 talks about. And uh, yeah, so really special time. And I think it ties in really, really nicely with this new discipline series, right? Because discipline is, and imitation um, are nothing without the, the relationship, right? The relationship with Jesus. Um, and so it's been a sweet time. Jesus showing himself um, in a greater way, in a fresh way to me. And uh, hope it speaks something to you guys. Um, Jesus is good all the time. Much love and uh, hopefully see you soon. Thank you Yay. so much for that awesome testimony. Ooh. So good to hear mm -hmm. what God is doing in people's lives. Amen. Well, hey, we are wrapping up our service right now. I have a couple of really important announcements for you. So listen real close. The first one is next week, we are launching our in-person watch parties Woo. for the last 40 some weeks. Yes. We have been an only online church. Mm -hmm. And next week, we are actually going to have online service just like this. And we're also going to be meeting in person in downtown Bellevue at the Hilton mm -hmm. Garden Inn. We'll have two services and we're excited to meet together, to be in the same room. There yeah. is something really powerful about that. And I want you to know that our facility at Hilton Garden Inn is also taking extra precautions so that we are yeah. all safe. So there'll be temp checks, there'll be, we'll be wearing masks. And we want you to know that we are going really above and beyond to yeah. make sure that you feel comfortable. And for those of you that want to stay online, we continue to yeah. dedicate our time to be online as mm -hmm. well. You know, we're not going back to church. We are the church. Amen. Whether you're at home, whether you're uh, going to come next week, we are going to be unified as one church. Amen. And for those of you wondering at our online watch parties, if there are options for kids, we do have a couple of options. You can actually check your kids in. There'll be an option for them to have their own little watch party. And then there's an option also for the younger kids to actually come into service with us. So bring the whole family. Yes. Amen. Amen. Tonight, I want you to know that we are having our unveil service. It's going to be online. You can find the link at our Facebook page. And this is a time actually that we're dedicating to allowing you to come with your questions. Maybe mm -hmm. you have questions about what Caleb's church is doing, the next steps that we're taking. This is your time. I encourage you to log on tonight at 7 p.m. Ask us questions. We wanna help pastor us as we continue to move forward as a church, amen. amen. Well, we're so thankful that you've joined us in prayer and fasting. This is, we're headed into our second week. Hang in there. I believe God is gonna move mightily in your life and in our church as well. So let me bless you before you go. May you know and make known the beauty of Jesus. May the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you and give you peace. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Bless you.